If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with the top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel. And this week, I'm excited for you to meet Ariel Cohen, co-founder and CEO at TripActions, the leading travel and corporate card and expense management platform. Ariel started TripActions in 2015 alongside his co-founder, Elon Twig. Ariel focuses on the company's growth and has scaled the business to serve almost 10,000 companies. Last year, the company achieved a valuation north of $7 billion. Prior to TripActions, Ariel made his foray into entrepreneurship with StreamOnce, a business multimedia integration platform that he also co-founded with Elon. StreamOnce was successfully acquired by Jive Software, where Ariel had previously served in a senior position following his time at Hewlett-Packard. Ariel graduated from Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management, and now let's welcome Ariel. Ariel, first of all, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. And I want to start with the basics. For everyone out there that's listening, what is TripActions? And where did you come up with the idea? Take us back to those early days. Sure. And uh, first of all, Alexa, thank you for uh, having me here. It's exciting. And uh, I always like to talk with, uh, you know, with uh, other entrepreneurs that, uh, you know, build companies. So I'm really excited to actually be interviewed by you today uh, in the podcast. And, and TripActions Trip Actions today is uh, basically an all-in-one solution that covers travel, expense management, and corporate cards. But if you really want to understand what is trip actions, it is actually all about the user, all about the end user. There is the traveler, there is the employee that needs to expand something. There is an employee that needs to purchase something. And most of the systems in this kind of uh, environment are, uh, are antiquated. They are very much kind of process-oriented, ERP-based. Nobody likes them. It creates a lot of hassle for the employees. And we've created a system that the employees really like to use. So for me, it's a travel expense management corporate cards that people really like to, you know, like to use. And you kind of asked me about, you know, how we thought about it at the beginning. It's so interesting because, you know, Ukraine is in the news right now. And interestingly enough, it is actually related to Ukraine, as strange as it may sound. Uh, But I was early in my career, um, like I'm talking about like 20 years ago, uh, I was building uh, basically one of the first kind of tech uh, tech corporations at, at in Ukraine, both in Odessa and, uh, and Lvov, and uh, I spent a lot of time there. Uh, so I was actually becoming a road warrior by doing it. I used to live in Israel. I was flying back and forth all the time, you know, uh, to Ukraine. And I had this story. I'm always telling this story, which is actually a real story. I showed up one night in Odessa, and Odessa in the winter is super, super, super cold. And I showed up one night there and to the hotel, and uh, the room was not booked, right, by my travel agency. And at that point, and the city was kind of pretty booked, at that point I was trying to contact my travel agency, nothing. Of course, there was no software for that. 
Uh, so I needed to go between one hotel to the other in a pretty freezing night and, until I found an hotel. And these kind of experiences always happened to me when I was traveling, right? Used every type of travel agency that is out there, any type of software, always something goes wrong. And, uh, and then, you know, when Ilan and I talked about our next startup, we said, let's actually solve these things. Let's solve these things that for world warriors, for people that are traveling a lot, it is so much hassle. It's like, you know, it's like being an entrepreneur on something that's supposed to be simple. So this is really, you know, how we thought about it from day one, really focused on the user and hyper-servicing them. Ariel, can you describe for everybody what the customer experience is like? And you really have transformed corporate travel and expenses for everybody involved. But walk us through the experience of booking a business trip and submitting expenses from the perspective of an employee. It's, it's actually magical. You know, you go to an app, whether it's a web app or a mobile app, and it takes you four minutes in average to book your entire trip. I'm talking about hotel, car, flight, and it's super, super fast. Like you click on a few buttons and it's like this, it's like magic. In fact, it's extremely consumery. It's way better than the consumer products that are up there to book your own trip. And then a lot of things are happening. You know, you need to cancel your trip. The airline changed the flight. You know, something happened. You click on stuff and like, it's like one second to cancel your trip. It would take you one minute to change your trip. Uh, You are always one click away from an agent, from a travel agent, which you can chat with that agent. It's really uh, something that makes the booking of a trip a kind of hassle-free process. And while you're on the go, we give you this, uh, you know, live itinerary, right? So you see, you know, you need to leave your house now because the traffic is like that. And that's how long it will take you to get to the airport. And when you land it, we'll pop up a lift kind of, do you want to have a lift or not? And we'll see if you have a blackout or not. And so we really thought about everything that is happening while you're booking your trip and while you're on the go. Um, and then from expense management, the funny thing, there is not a lot to describe. It's like you get a credit card from us. When you swipe the credit card, that's, that's, uh, that's the only thing that you'll do from expense management uh, perspective. We are capturing everything that happened, where, you know, what is the place, restaurant, hotel, whatever. And we are trying to automate everything. You know, think about it. We actually launched it yesterday. Uh, you know, you get this invoice from the hotel, right? And you need to itemize it because maybe you took something from the minibar. Maybe you ordered some, uh, you know, lunch, uh, all the taxes, lodging fees, all of this. We know to completely break this uh, receipt and doing the entire optimization automatically. So the point here, there is no such thing as expense management if you're using trip actions. And the finance team on the other side, they don't need to fight with you. They don't need to reconcile anything, which is this jigsaw of this department, that employee, that expense. And it's all real time. So they all the time see what's going on in the company from expense management perspective. I want to quickly pause, and before I go into COVID and just how COVID's changed your business, I want to just take a minute. You now work with almost 10,000 companies. I mean, that's, that's crazy. You've grown so quickly that you launched the company you know, in 2015. So it's right. really been a pretty powerful growth trajectory for you. Tell us a little bit about the magic of your go-to-market strategy and how you got such great traction so quickly. And what were your tips that you can pay forward to everybody that's listening? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we are always internally, sometimes I'm talking about it externally, but internally we are always talking about it of this, we call it the blockbuster versus Netflix. And the reason that we are using this analogy all the time, 
Uh, we came to an industry that is an offline industry. You basically call an agent to book your trip. Sometimes you, you use software like Concare, but it's such a bad software that no one is using it. So they call an agent. So people are used to do stuff offline, basically uh, by, by calling. And we uh, made it online, right? We basically made something that is extremely offline and made it online, made it a Netflix. Uh, the thing is, and that's kind of, you know, we, when you're talking about giving tips to other founders, not everybody are ready for this transformation on the same time. It's obvious that eventually, you know, booking business travel will be completely online for every company. It's obvious that you don't need to spend 30 minutes to an hour to, to book your trip. It's obvious that it's kind of, uh, it doesn't make any sense to submit expense reports, right? It's obvious, but it takes time for different companies, different segments to adopt something like that. And well, we were very effective, uh, we know to look at the mirror, right? We know to know, you know, when it's the time for the early adapters, which are small, uh, you know, tech companies, and where it's the time for, you know, the big organizations and what kind of big organizations. At the end, I think the common thread from our smallest customers to our biggest customers, like, you know, Heineken, Adobe, Netflix, is that if a, if a customer really thinks that they care about their employees, if they really care, they'll use us. And it's just this journey of finding the customers that care about their employees right now, that it's top of mind for them, and then they're going to adopt us. I love that. Um, Ariel, I want to transition a little bit to just what your life was like, what running the business was like starting in March of 2020, because you were literally in the business of corporate travel. And one of the things I was most excited to have you on the show, not only is one, I want to hear what you think the future of corporate travel looks like as somebody who stared at the data more actively than anybody else. Um, but I really just kind of want to go back to your mental state as March of 2020 is coming in, as you were literally watching us be grounded in ways that we've never been grounded before in human history. And you came out the other side stronger, which is pretty crazy. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed by it. But let's just start with what went through your head? How did you start thinking about what you needed to do at that stage of the business? Yeah, it's crazy, you know, and sometimes I'm thinking about it and it was crazy, right? Uh, we basically lost uh, all of our revenue in two days. And it's not only that we lost all of our revenue, we went to a negative kind of revenue because we needed to give some of the money back to our customers. So uh, that was actually really, really hard to manage. But, you know, mentally, I'm someone that can switch like this. So, and I actually remember the moment I was uh, in a business trip to Seattle and if you remember, Seattle was the, the first city that actually have the kind of the first two cases that got discovered. And it was in that weekend, right? I was actually landing in uh, Seattle on Sunday evening. It was end of February. And, uh, and then my trip got canceled. As I was landing, you know, this company that I was supposed to meet, they told me that they shut down their offices and there is no point that I would come. So I kind of turned around at the airport, uh, uh, sat on, on the airplane, and I could breathe for a second. And at that point, I kind of thinking, okay, like everything that I'm thinking about trip actions, I'll plan everything is no longer relevant. And I remember I texted to one of our investors, uh, Ben, and I texted him and I told him, hey, I think that our plan is completely irrelevant. We need a completely different plan. And I remember that he replied and he said, yeah, I think you should have a, we should have a different plan. And, and then it was a lot of execution. The first thing was actually before we looked even on our PL, because we did a, 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 a massive layoff back then. And we, we thought that, you know, there is a risk for the business, right? For the entire business. But before that, 
We also knew that we, we thought it's likely that all of the flights will get canceled, right? It happened, actually. Uh, so there was, I remember the days, there was this Wednesday that the U.S. announced that by Friday, there is no longer flights coming from the world, you know, to the U.S. And we had so many travelers, you know, all over the world. And we kind of, uh, beginning of March, we started to plan, how do we move all of our call center to work from home. It was still not a thing. We just had these scenarios, right? Like what happens if we need to send everybody to work from home, right? Our employees. Then what happens if all flights are getting canceled? How do we support our, uh, our travelers? And we kind of, uh, that's what we did. We've done a lot of planning. So by the time that we sent all of the employees to work from home and flight got canceled, uh, we kept, uh, you know, uh, the time, the wait time in our call center was six minutes, which sounds a lot. But back then, it was nothing. It was really nothing. And that was the most important thing for us, to support our customers. And, and I actually think that that's the main reason that we have 9,000 customers today. Customers and prospects and future customers noticed it. And they knew that we are uh, probably the only ones from that kind of business, the travel agencies, that really supported our customers. So that was the first thing. The rest was tough. It was a lot of adjustments. It was like, uh, uh, you know, laying off employees, completely changing our plans, uh, trying to sell travel while nobody's traveling, a lot of things that we needed to change. How did you survive it? Because at that point, you know, you were a big business, you know, thousand employees, and you came out the other side, now worth, you know, north of $7 billion, really thriving. Just give us a sense of sort of the leadership skills that you brought to the table. And, and also, how did you actually adjust the plans to get through it? Yeah, f- first, you know, I think that the real challenge, and that's kind of something for uh, other entrepreneurs that are listening to this, when you are going fast, and also, you know, before COVID, we were very, we were kind of the right company to join, right? The right investors, the right valuation, all of these things. When you go fast, a lot of people are joining because they want to be in that kind of a startup. And that is going fast, that it's the right startup that everybody knows that will be successful. The problem is what happens in a crisis and definitely a crisis like this, but any crisis. And you have to be tough. And some of the people, you know, couldn't do that, right? But the people that stayed, uh, that were here and are still here, they were really, really tough. Like the people were were really tough because I actually think it's completely insane for an employee, you know, in June 2020, when, you know, you meet with your friends and uh, your friends are asking you, so what do you do? And they t- you tell, hey, I'm working for this trip action thing, which are, uh, you know, doing business travel and your friends are starting to laugh, right? And, and you know, and uh, what the hell are you doing? So it's actually really hard to stay. And a lot of people stayed. And uh, we did have high attrition, right? We laid off people. Some people left us, but uh, a lot of employees stayed. And it means that they believed in two things. A, the mission, the in-person connections. I was in May 2020 when you could open Twitter and everybody will say that nobody will ever travel again and everything will be done through Zoom. I was always saying like in-person connections, people meeting, nothing will ever replace it. Nothing will replace it. Zoom is transactional. You know, we are doing Zoom, but it's not the same thing. And that's what we did. We leaned to the mission. We said it's very important to continue to meet. And then we've created, we've done what we are doing best. We've created a lot of software to support what we think that will come next. We lead into expense management. We started to have a consumer business, which is Lemonade. 
uh, but you can think of why the name is lemonade right and uh, and uh, and so on we really, we really believed in the mission and we leaned into this and we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors Alexa here not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on for starters but I'm a repeat founder myself we all know how vital fundraising is to a startup Carta knows this too that's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suites helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Give us a sense, what do you think the future of travel is? And how do you think about corporate travel? And what do you think that's going to look like in five years and 10 years as somebody who truly can predict the future for us of the category? First of all, you know, in terms of future, and I will say something that will sound kind of uh, maybe bad, but I actually think that eventually in business travel, everybody will use trip actions. And the reason that I'm saying it, nobody is that advanced on the online journey here and people will want to use it online. So I really think that everybody would use us. Uh, but if I'm thinking further to what is the future here, uh, first of all, you can see it now, travel is coming back very fast. And I can also tell you that travel came back very fast in May, June last year, and also in September, October, November this year. So what we are really learning is that when you have a COVID wave, people are not coming back to March 2020. People are actually, you don't see newcomers to travel, but every, everybody that started to travel, and I'm talking about Omicron, Delta, each of these waves, if you started to travel, you're continuing to travel because you kind of got used to it and you understand the benefits of meeting face-to-face and so on. So now travel is really back. Like we have a, by far, like a, we are going a double digit every week now, right? So this is how fast it goes. And in terms of what kind of travel, I think that some things will not continue to be a thing. So I think that some of your sales, you can actually do it, you know, from the office, you know, through, through a Zoom meeting, definitely on the lower end of the market. But the people that will travel to win the deals, the big deals that matters, will win the deal. I actually saw it a few times, even for me, right, as a CEO. Um, I think that the important things like closing financing rounds, stuff like this, I know that people have these stories that they close financing rounds over Zoom, but you need to see what will come out of these companies, right? So I think these things will be face-to-face. So I think that probably it will be 80% of what we used to do. So we got some efficiency, but then there are new stuff. I can tell you that tech companies that move to all completely distributed, right? So there are some companies that are customers that move to completely distributed, not hybrid, but completely distributed, are traveling right now more, and these are non-companies, more than what they traveled before COVID, right? So this is a new type of travel where teams are coming together, employees need to meet. You know, you cannot just have a lot of people over, all over the world that never meet. So I think probably the traditional travel will be at 80% in the long run, but then you are adding to this stuff that you have because of the way that people are walking today, which is different. Tell us more about that. Um, I think that's such an interesting data point, which is that for the fully distributed workforces, fully remote, no office, that cohort is actually traveling more than they ever were prior. That makes sense. Tell us a little bit more about what you're seeing there. 
Yeah, f- first of all, you know, what we have now is a lot of hybrid. So a lot of companies move to hybrid and a lot of companies, uh, and there are some companies that got back, by the way, what you'd call a uh, non-tech, most of them got back to the office and to the same level of travel of, uh, of uh, pre-COVID. So that's what we see right now. So all of these changes that a lot of times, you know, we are talking about are actually mainly in tech, uh, some in finance, but mainly in tech. And I think there you really have either distributed, completely distributed. We actually don't have an office uh, or, uh, or, uh, or hybrid. In both cases, we see employees, type of employees like R&D, product, even support teams, customer success and traveling, which they were not our travelers in the past. In the past, it was mainly C-level, uh, execs, uh, corporate development and sales. Now uh, we actually see that, but we also see a lot of new teams uh, traveling. And it's really, for us, we think it's about, and by the way, they travel in groups, right? So you could see like five to 10 people traveling to a location and you can see people coming to a location from a lot of different places. It's actually, we are excited to see it in the data because we actually, a year ago, we had this bet. A year ago when everybody were challenging us, so what happens if it's only 50%, you know, coming back to 50%. I remember Nina, who is basically leading our entire travel business, uh, she said, you know, it will be a different type of travel and it will be teams traveling. And that, uh, you know, we basically had innovation around it. We call it team travel. And it is about how do you make team travel efficient? So uh, that was our bet. We are actually very happy to see that that's what's happening. And this is what we see. Ariel, I want to ask a question. You've grown to now, you have a team of over 2,000 employees worldwide. As somebody who has been so thoughtful about, again, building uh, business around travel, around in-person, how do you think about being a leader of of, of a team, 2,000 people dispersed? Yeah, you, you always, you know, there is this uh, elusive thing that is called culture and you need to be extremely, extremely sensitive to this and actually to a specific thing there. It's to recognize that your company's culture is not based on uh, who you are and, you know, what, what office you, is your main office, right? So culture in a company will be different, right? You have the culture in the Palo Alto office and there is the culture in the New York office. And guess what? The culture in our Dallas office, in our Amsterdam office is completely different culture. And then we've done some acquisitions, right? So just to try to, you know, to mesh, you know, one culture into the leading culture, which we can call it the Palo Alto three factions culture, will never work, right? You need to recognize where people are coming from and so on. On the other side, you need to have your own principles, right? You need to have your own values. You need to come and say, okay, there are things that I'm allowing the culture in Berlin to grow in a different way uh, than the culture in London, right? Which we have offices in all of these places that I'm mentioning. It's okay. But the values, for example, that we are always catering to our users are the same in Berlin and in London and in Dallas and in Palo Alto, Right. Uh, the values, by the way, around uh, something that uh, is super important for me, which is actually the business practice to have a real business, the unit economics to be actually to run a business with uh, good gross margins. Right. And other business uh, aspects, uh, this needs to be across the board. Right. So I think that, again, you need to understand that culture, the culture will be different. You need to respect it. You need to embrace it. But you also need to have your own principles and your own values. 
I love that. Um, I want to transition a little bit to you here, um, which is, you know, you grew up in Israel, which is obviously known for having an incredibly strong technology ecosystem. I have two questions. One, how did growing up in Israel change your trajectory of your life? Um, and then two, did you always know that you were a founder? So regarding Israel, I think there is something unique there. And I think it is a combination of obviously where Israel is on the map, right, in the Middle East and the tension that it creates. I think that uh, it is about education. I think education there is really good and it's part of it. Uh, and I think it's also about culture. People there uh, by nature are kind of, uh, they're not compliant by nature, right? And I think that when you're not compliant by nature, it will drive innovation. You would ask why this thing is a thing, right? Why, you know, why do you need to book your trip for Conquer? Why do you need to call an agent, right? So you're kind of raised to ask these kind of questions. And I think that's kind of maybe why you see so many startups, so much innovation coming out of Israel and also a lot of entrepreneurs. So I think when I was in Israel, I actually didn't think about myself as an entrepreneur. Uh, I think I actually realized it more when I was here in the U.S., and I think it is about like that here, you know, it is more unique to question, okay, why this is this thing is a thing and to come and say, you know what, I can change it. Last question on you. Um, what do you hold as sacred? As somebody who's seen so much and has been so successful in your career, outside of the obvious answers, what do you hold as sacred as an entrepreneur? I think you need to do the right thing. And, and I don't mean the right thing in kind of... Uh, um, I don't know, and um, it's the right thing that sometimes it's the smart thing. I'm not talking about the easy thing, right? I'm talking about the right thing, right? Sometimes the right thing uh, will appear by, from the outside as, uh, as something bad that you're doing, right? Like, you know, running layoffs in March 2020 was definitely the right thing to do. Uh, but again, from the outside, you know, we fired 300 employees, right? So to do the right thing, to do the right thing when you're selling, when you're hiring new employees, when you're firing uh, when you're making tough decisions, I think that's the that's really important. I love that. Um, I'm going to move to the quick fire round. I'm just going to ask a question. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. And I want to start with, what's your favorite question? You just said you don't hire anybody without taking them for a meal and wine. What do you like to ask to really get to know somebody? I'm always asking, who are you? I'm always, I'm doing it during interviews. And I'm, you know, after you do the regular stuff, I'm stopping the interview and then I'm asking, who are you? Like, who are you? Tell me who you are, right? It could be your kids. It could be you travel around the world. It could be, but I'm learning so much from the way that people will describe who, who, who are they. And, uh, and it's kind of a way for me to understand, can I relate to this person? It's not a question of, can this person be a really good CMO? Can this person can be a really good lawyer, right? It's, it's actually, can I be with that person? Can I feel okay with that person? So who are you is a very, very important question for me. I love it. And I agree. Is there a book that you've come back to over and over again? Is there a book that you just want the world to know that they all should read? Yeah, it's an old one, right? It's called Mr. Vertigo by Paul Oster. And I don't know if people usually know who is Paul Oster or who is or read this book. Uh, but it's a book about, uh, you know, somebody that in order to fly, you really need to get buried uh, alive. And it's obviously a, a metaphor, but it's an entire book around that. And, and I think that it's actually a really good book for entrepreneurs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm going to pick it up. Um, tell me your biggest pinch me moment since you started the business where you literally went home to your family and said, I can't believe what happened today. It was so amazing. What was it? 
It was actually not with my family. It was with my co-founder. And I remember the exact moment, uh, you know, in December 2021, like so, or 20, I actually don't remember. It's December 2020. It was after the vaccine was announced. We knew that we we're going to do an app round, right? And, uh, and we kind of, we were very optimistic. And me and my co-founder were sitting and having drinks. And I remember I told him, you know our story? You cannot make this shit up. Like the fact that we are like, you know, sitting here and like, you know, after we lost everything and suddenly we are doing an app round and all of this thing, I just remember that I was like, yeah, you just cannot make it up. It was completely unbelievable. So that was definitely that moment. That's awesome. Fast forward two years from today. How many days a week do people go to offices? I can tell you that I'm going five days a week to the office, so I, but I don't. I am too, by the way. <laughs> okay, I, I think it will probably be around three days a week. I think that people are now learning to kind of re-recognize the advantage of being together in an office. By the way, our office behind me is completely full with people, so I think people are recognizing that. But people are also recognizing the fact that sometimes you can walk from a coffee place, right, or a coffee shop, and you'll feel great about it. And sometimes you can walk from your home, and it gives you some flexibility. But what something that I think that people are getting now, and I got it fairly early, people cannot have one layer in their life. They cannot have just, I'm walking from home, and I see my kids all day long, and, uh, and I see my family. Uh, and it doesn't mean anything about what they think about their family, but people need to have more than one thing in their life. And I think this walking from home thing kind of created only one thing, and I don't think it's a good thing. So I think people want to have both, right? Wants to have the flexibility, wants to be able to be with their family, but also be able to kind of walk from a different place. Last question, Ariel, other than trip actions, tell us one thing you've learned about in the last year. It can be a startup, a product, it can be an idea that you're very excited about, something that caught your attention that you think is incredibly exciting for the future. Wow, that's a really tough one. Why did I learn? You know, it will be kind of uh, boring, but it is kind of exciting. I am, I am excited about crypto. And, 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 and as I said, probably every entrepreneur will say it, but I'm excited about this more in the context of you can change a lot of things on the type of businesses like the Trip Actions business, like in a fundamental way, if you will adopt a, a blockchain and crypto. And as I learned it more and more, uh, it kind of moved from being a buzzword for me to something that internally inside trip actions, a lot of the things, a lot of our thinking is around that. So, and again, it's by breaking something fundamental from the way that things are being done today. So it's interesting. I know that everybody will probably give this answer, but, but it's definitely something that I got myself more knowledge about, about this year. That's awesome. Um, Ariel, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such a pleasure. And everybody out there, if you're not already using it, check out tripactions.com. And you can join us next week for Ink the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. And Ariel, we're rooting for you. It has been such a pleasure. And it has been such an incredible thing to listen to your resilience through such a truly wild and trying time. Uh, you're an inspiration to us all. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you. 